wins in June. We're fresh off of Game 3s, Pivotal Game 3s. And we just wanted to recap and talk about that. Let's dive right into it. But first, we're going to talk about some news around the league. Of course, with the Bucks leaving, there's a question of, you know, if Bud would be back, and it turns out they fired him. Yeah, it's not really surprising. For anyone that's followed the Bucks like fan base for a while, um, everyone expected, honestly, for him to get fired in 2021. And then, obviously, he wound up winning the championship. And so it's kind of that sour relationship that they had. That was like, everyone knew he was going to get fired. If he didn't win, then he wins. And they're like, well, we still really like you. And so it was kind of inevitable. Like, if he had a bad run, then he was going to get fired. And you get upset in five games to the eighth seed. It's just that's what the Bucks fans and organization, I feel like, was looking for as the opportunity to say, yeah, it's time to move on from you. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's unfair. He's been dealing with a lot of personal issues with family and stuff. And... You know, it's just kind of like what it is. The coaching job, I saw the other day that since 2018-19 season, there's only four coaches that have stayed. You know, that's Steve Kerr, Popovich, Spolstra, and surprisingly, Mike Malone of the Nuggets. Well, well, why is that surprising? Surprised to see that. Just because the Nuggets, you know, they've always been on the doorstep, but they've never gotten to that next level. And usually teams, they'll hire a coach, and then they get to the next level. Like for the Warriors, it was Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr. For the Kings, you know, hiring, you know, uh, the coach of the year in Mike Brown, and then Clippers, you know, getting to the next level, getting rid of Doc yeah. Rivers, trying to get, you know. So I, I feel like the coaching job is one that, you know, very, very short stint uh, yeah. of success, if you don't have success. I feel like it is. With Mike Brown specifically, I feel like they've had enough success. Like, they made it to Western Conference Finals, and then obviously they've had Jamal Murray's ACL injury. We missed two postseasons. And so I feel like that's the main reason why he hasn't been like he, he's not even on the hot seat. I would say, no, like, yeah, for and he's a coaching. great coach. Yeah, yeah, I think the Nuggets are very pleased with him. So I think that's why they're, they're looking at the injuries a lot, specifically with that. But I, I mean, if they don't do it this year, then maybe he's put on a little hot seat for next year to see what happens because this Nuggets team is insane. But we'll get into more more of them later. Yeah. But the other stuff I want to bring up was that the last four NBA championship winning coaches, three of them have been fired. The only one left is Steve Kerr last year. So you think Steve's on the hot seat now for some reason? Like, we, we didn't expect this to other coaches, but uh, Nick Nurse is gone. Uh, Frank Vogel, 2020, is gone. And now Mike, Mike Budenholzer is gone from 2021. So next on the chopped block is Steve Kerr. I guess so, yeah. I think, I mean, personally, I think the, the dynasty ends together. I think, I think, you know, it would be great to have Steve Kerr, Curry, Thompson, and Green, you know, all leave, but... I know it like at the same time, but I know that's probably not going to happen. I think Steve Kerr sticks around until you know he wants to be done, and I think that goes for the same thing that's oh. happening with Popovich right now. If Steve but, Kerr is smart, the moment he's not coaching Steph Curry, he's gone. Yeah. See, so like the moment Steph either gets traded for some reason if they're really bad, or if he just signs somewhere else free agency, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm probably not taking another coaching gig. I'm. Just calling it good, saying I'm taking my rings, I'm, I'm out. Yep, do the Phil Jackson. Um, but don't come back, stay, stay out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we want to get into the series. So the first one we'll talk about is the Knicks. The Knicks, you know, protected their home court in game yeah. two, even though they lost it. But that was a great game. I know, I feel like forever since we watched that series, because the last game was on the second, so that was, what, four days ago? 
So now they're finally playing game three tonight. Um, plenty of rest for Jimmy Butler to heal up the ankle. I'm not sure if he got an exact word if he's playing or not, but I'd be shocked. I mean, I was shocked he didn't play game two. Um, but I'd be shocked he wasn't playing game three. Pivotal game. They need to protect home court now. And so I feel like the Heat, um, I don't know what the Knicks are doing. I don't know how good they've they've been off long rest days, but sometimes you get a little distracted. Like James Harden went to a strip club in Vegas made a lot, uh, long rest. So I don't know how serious the Knicks are right now, but I, I got I to gotta feel like Jimmy Butler's locked in. Yeah, I'd expect him to come out and just do what he's been doing throughout the playoffs. I think, you know, everyone's saying in the Knicks, like, oh, we're, we have home court because it's Miami and they, their fans don't really show out. But I don't think that matters for the Heat. They can win on the road. They can win at home. No. They can win down the stretch. You know, if it's in with, within 10 points of the fourth quarter, like any any team has a yeah. chance, and the Heat have been terrific in those close games. So The reason why home court matters so much is because the fans help lock in the players, give them energy. Jimmy Butler could be playing on the worst court outside in the pouring rain. He'd be locked in. Mm-hmm. It's like Jimmy Butler doesn't really care about home court. Because he's just locked in 24-7. Yeah, exactly. And so it's going to be up to you know Jimmy Butler to do what he does. And then for the Knicks, it's going to be up to Brunson and Randall. I think Randall's been, you know, his first game back, he was kind of shaky. He needs to turn into that Randall that we saw during the regular season, you know, the mini Embiid version. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens with the Knicks. Josh Hart has been playing great. He's always a oh, yeah. constant so- there. I forgot this happened early in the season when Josh Hart was on the Blazers. He hit that crazy game winner on the Heat in the corner for the Blazers. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that clip came up on my feed. I was like, dang, that's why the Heat hate Josh Hart so much. Because it was it was a crazy – I think Jimmy Butler or someone hit a shot to go ahead with like two seconds left. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Hart hits the game winner in the corner, and you're like, dang, what a shot. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe it's a return. He, he Josh Hart again. loves playing against Miami, man. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, we want to get into the uh, another great game, the Celtics. Uh, yes. They, they were able to come into Philly and, you know, on MVP night for Embiid and all that and come in and steal one. Yeah, it's really good. I, I know they don't listen to the pod, but I feel like they did listen to the pod. You know, they took him seriously. And obviously Joel and B came back, so it's easier to take him seriously when they do have the MVP. And you're like, hey, let's show him who the real MVP is and just kind of smack him around a little bit. But it was really good game to watch the, the boys. And we'll see Joel Mazzula coach a good game. It was really uh, really good to see. Really, I, I'm going to be honest, if they lost game two, I've been, I've been really upset. Um, but I really love what Jalen Brown did, honestly. He uh, I went to Joe Mazzulla after game one and said, hey, I want to guard James Harden. And Joe Mazzulla, respecting the team, he said, yeah, go talk to Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is the head of the defense. So they talked to Allen, and they decided, yeah, Jalen's going to guard James Harden. And he was picking the homie up three-quarters court the entire game, both game one and game two. And since then, they James Harden's been a non-factor. And everyone's like, oh, it's just James is scared. It's playoff James. He's choking. Like, he's scared to shoot. But, like, what they understand is game two. Uh, what What is James Harden's, like, second best skill besides a step back three? What do you say? Probably uh, probably drawing fouls or, or dishing it. Well, like, it's offensively just, shooting. What's his second, second best shot? Shot? Uh, Small guys love to use. Not the step. You already said the step besides back. Besides the step back. I don't know. They love the floaters. 
Oh, James yeah. Harden loves the floaters. And ga- game two, no one's talking about this. He had his floaters swatted from behind. So James Harden beat his defender, and the defender came back and swatted from behind. Jason Tatum did it. Jalen Brown did it. Al Horford did it. There was like a stretch of like five minutes where he had that swatted like three or four different times. And so I feel like it's not only just like he's scared to shoot, but he can feel that defender. Jalen Brown is constantly on his hip. And so he's scared to shoot that floater because he knows the Celtics are long enough to block it. And so it's just really good defense from Jalen Brown locking in there. And even when Jaylen, Jason Tatum has an off-night shooting where he's in foul trouble and he plays 19 minutes and scores seven points, that they're locked in defensively and they realize they take the Sixers seriously and they win the game. Yeah. So really good game from the Celtics. Really proud of them. Any Spoiled other guy the named Brogdon who just catches oh, all yeah. those threes. Al Horford, the elite shooter, uh, stuck it to that reporter who laughed at him for saying it. Um, so proud of you, Al. Big Al's toy barn. Uh, MVP of the series, go drink your chocolate milk. <laughs> the chicken man. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think, you know, that series, I, it's just tough. I, I never can pick the Sixers. I, I've always said it, like, they're always, you know, almost a championship contender, but they're never there. They always make it to the playoffs and make a couple rounds, but that's it. Like, that's Not their ceiling, that's the their second ceiling with, with Joel Embiid and whoever else you put with him. I yeah. just don't think he can carry a team like that um i don't know well, it's just discouraging because after every game like this when they lose and it's kind of demoralizing he starts just pushing blame onto the second star like last night he was like yeah, yeah. i gotta expect the other guys to take shots and make shots it's about showing up it's like well like why don't you show up? why don't you do that on the court like help him get better shots open set better screens like i don't know what you're doing yeah so. oh and i gotta bring up the the curb stomp Oh, yes, yes. Poor Grant Williams' oh, head. True. I don't know how he doesn't have a concussion or something. Like, homie almost killed on the court. We almost saw a man literally get killed. Uh, now I understand it wasn't the most intentional play from Joel Embiid. It was like kind of a far pass. And so Jalen Brown and Grant both dove for it. And that led to Joel Embiid trying to get it too. And he kind of tried to jump over them, but he didn't jump far enough. Land on Grant's head and, and Jalen's shoulder. And wow, it looked painful. Yeah, like, for sure. I'm surprised he didn't have any sort of injury. He came back in the game, started guarding him, and it's just, wow, Drew Grant's crazy. Yeah, and and he's, Corey sent me a text. He said, uh, you know, that was worse than Draymond. And I, I want to I kind of back that up because initially when Sabonis grabbed Draymond's leg, Draymond had to land somewhere. So it's an accident yeah. at that point, right? The purposeful part is when Draymond exaggerates the stomp, right? So that's yeah. on purpose. But the initial part is an accident. He has to land. He's going to land on his chest, and it's going to be an accident, right? Same thing for Joel Embiid. He has to land somewhere, right? Of course, like, it was totally accidental. There was no intention like him, you know, exaggerating a yeah. stomp or jumping or anything. However, to the chest versus to the head. Yeah, the head is a lot worse. And, they didn't review it. Yeah, no review, no extra punishment at all. He's already kicked someone in the nuts. He got free throws off it. Yeah, he, he got his own free throws. He already kicked someone in the nuts in the the net series. And did I don't even know. Did he get a flagrant? I don't think yeah, he got. Yeah, he got attacked, but he didn't get ejected. So it's just a technical, yeah. like, yeah. So it's like, and then the, the whole history part of, <laughs> like, you know, we always say Draymond has a history. Joel Embiid has a history, too. Yeah. In almost half the amount of games, he has more techs and more flagrants than Draymond. So it's like. Come on, let's officiate the same. Let's be more consistent. Yeah. 
we always we always talk about blocks and charges and tapping people in the nuts and all these flagrant things and it's just not consistent like i don't know when they go to replay i'm like oh it's gonna be this and it's like nope it's not flagrant it's like i just don't know anymore yeah so it's it was a crazy play glad glad grant's okay um they they chopped it up after they talked and he apologized and it's good sportsmanship from mb so i gotta respect that but it was a crazy game. Glad Sellers got the dub, though. Yeah, I think they. I think they win the next game too. I, I think the Hopefully Sixers win. I think the Sixers are on the down down slope. Especially as the series gets on, Harden loses the steam. Uh, anyway, we want to talk about the big game last night from Devin Booker. I'm just gonna say it was Devin Booker beat the Nuggets. Like yeah, give KD and, and some. Props. I'll give KD a little credit. However, he t- took like 28 shots. Yeah. And he wasn't efficient. Like, I was joking. Oh, at least he scored more points than shot attempts. Like, yeah. that was kind of the night he was having. So I'm just going to give all the credit to Booker because yeah. 20 for 25 is insane. He put the team on his back. I, I'm i not a huge fan of Booker, but he is a great player. I have to respect his yeah. game for sure. And it was, as J.J. Redick put it, it was an ethical 47 because he only shot two free throws. And that was garbage time when they defouled him because they missed a shot. It's a reality. He probably shot zero free throws. Are actual fouls, and so it was a very ethical. Forty-seven. He got the ball and just made everything. He the Nuggets uh, were down big in the halftime, and they cut it. And they actually took the lead in the third quarter. But of course, those minutes when Jokic came off the court, that Devin Booker kind of took over and was able to um, win them the game there. Yeah, and like I said. We were talking about that Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul or K, KD need to score at least seventy. Yeah, uh, I think they need to score at least how many? Eighty six. Yeah, uh, that it's is barely a terrible sign. Your third, your third highest scorer has seven points. Yeah, that is awful. And so this series is over. I'll say it now: the Suns have no life. If they only won by like a few, what they only won by five. Or yeah. If they only won by five and your third highest score is seven and you had 86 combined from two players, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. You're not winning. You're not winning another game if that's how it's going to work. Yeah, and the, the thing is, like, what we saw from Chris Paul was they were running him into the ground, playing 40 minutes a game in the playoffs, and he got he's old. Like, it's injury, recipe for injury. And honestly, I'm kind of scared the same thing is coming to KD at some point. Like, Denver's a physical team. You saw him get yammed on by Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed. I'm like, if th- he keeps getting shots like that, and credit to KD, he's playing hard. He wants this. He's going balls to the wall every play, it feels like. And so, like, but it just feels like it's all brewing together. He's going to get hurt. Like, I feel like it's inevitable at this point. They keep playing him all these minutes, and it's super physical series. And especially if they get out of this series, they have to go against – the Lakers or the Warriors, another two physical teams still. Like it just feels like they're he's gonna get hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we we don't want any injuries. Of course, we want to see teams at their best. Yeah, that's. I just think like yeah. the Suns have no depth. That's the problem. They're win. forced to play them that much. Exactly, and you can't win like that. And the Nuggets, like they didn't have the greatest night, uh, and they still kept it close. Like, yeah, yeah. You had Jamal and, and Jokic do their thing a little bit. But Bro, Jokic's style line was crazy, yeah. though. What was it, like 34, 17, and 17? Yeah, it was like yeah, 30, 15, 50. First it's ever happened. Like, Insane. Jokic, like, there are very few things I enjoy watching as much as watching Jokic read the defense. 
He'll literally just stand on top of the key, one hand up with the ball, palming it, just looking around, around. waiting for someone to cut, and throw an absolute dime. It's insane. I love Jokic. Yeah, he – and – he makes Aiton looks terrible. There were times down the stretch. Oh, Aiton wasn't even in the game. They took out Aiton. Yeah, they played Jock like, Landale. Yeah, exactly. Jock Landale. And you're getting paid two hundred. What's your contract? Two hundred million, like four years, like. And yeah. you if, have this guy from St. Mary's from Australia. Whose name playing. is Jock? Jock. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if they lose this series, which I think they will. Aiden's contract in the offseason will be talked about with one of the worst contracts in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, like, you're not playing him. Like, yeah. And you see him on the bench. I saw him on the bench last game. And, you and he's petty. Howdy. Yeah, he's just so petty. He pissed. doesn't want to be there. Yeah. You're paying someone max dollars who doesn't want to be there. It's exactly. Just... That, yeah, he is a shell of himself. He, he, he went in last game. He went in in the fourth quarter, shot a push shot, missed, got a rebound, got it stolen, from Bruce Brown. Yeah. Um, he also got, I think, he, like, turned it over. He, like, passed a terrible pass. And it's like, it's just like he doesn't know how to play. Like, yeah. You know that holds. that one clip that was going around, like, Jokic getting, like, three or four, like, uh, Robinson rebounds, and he was just standing there on yeah. the offside? They asked him about it. And he was just like, no, nah, like, what do you want me to do? There's nothing I could have done. They're like, how about, one, get in bounds. Yeah. Stop standing out of bounds. And get an effing rebound. Like, it's not that hard. Exactly. Yeah, that, that baffles me. Uh, anyway, that's that's what you get with Aiton. That's what you signed up for. Uh, Crazy. <laughs> uh, finally, when I talk about the Warriors and Lakers, the Warriors, you know, bounced back like I knew they would with a blowout. That third quarter, Clay was on fire. You never want to never wanna mess with the Warriors when Clay is on fire. And Steph... Uh, I thought it was great. The adjustments that they made, the Lakers had been double-teaming him, trying to force the ball out of his hands, and Curry just cooked him up with his passes. He was looking like Pistol Pete out there. Had, like, 12 assists, 20 points. Like, wasn't a main scorer, but, you know, he got it done, and I think I think that's scary what they did to Anthony Davis. I mean, he always has a bad night every other night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, you know, go off on AD and how... You know, all ESPN goes off on him, and I was, you know, up. He's great. Like, could be like Embiid one day, and could be like Javale the other. But like, in all, in essence, we kind of exploited him on the the offensive end. Um, yeah. We got him involved in pick and rolls and high pick and rolls, so he, you know, wasn't down low blocking shots, and that's what we need to do against AD. And then on the offensive end, you know, we need to, you know, keep him off the glass. Because once he gets those rebounds, it's insane. Uh, he's a great player, but you just you just have to contain those players. You can't let them live yeah. with open shots and get going. And I think that's what happened in the first game. He got like a few open shots, and then it's just he just yeah. took fire. But great adjustments. I think going into the game three, I think they have momentum. I think mm. they'll this one will be close tonight. Yeah, it'll be a close game, but I think that they'll be able to pull it out. Yeah. So I know. All the fans uh the podcast, I want, want you to talk about the pool shot at the end. End of game one, okay. kind of controversial. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, right, if it's an open shot, he was a little farther. I, you know, you, we, I watched it a couple times, of course. Like, he could have set closer to the three-point line and still had that open shot. That's the only issue I have with that. He was 6 for 10 on the night. He was on fire. Like, he makes that shot. He's a hero. He misses it. Everyone's like a terrible shot. Yeah. 
I've seen him make it. I've seen him make tougher shots. I think it was a good shot. Just, you know, the circumstance, there's time left and everything. You can argue that. But honestly, I'm not too mad at him. Like, he was he was playing great. Six for ten, like I said. Just missed it. Yeah. Now, the reason why I brought it up is because when we were watching game two, I was sitting there, I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. It's because the Celtics series and the Warriors series have been basically identical through two games. So game one, it's a close game. Uh, one team gets to a lead. There's a little bit of comeback. But it's all focused on the end when the sixth man of the team makes a bonehead play, uh, i.e. the pool shot or i.e. the Brogdon pass to Maxi for no reason. And then they lose the game because of it. And all the media is just talking about that one play. And they lose the game, and all the fans are distraught, thinking, oh, well, I was lost. We lost the game at home. And then, game two, the home team comes in, starts out strong, gets an okay lead in the first half. And then the third quarter, they blow them out. Well, even though the star superstar of the team, Curry or Tatum, had to, were in, was in foul trouble in the first half. And the second star, Clay and Jalen Brown, stepped up and saved the day. And so, the role players had a barrage of threes in the third quarter for both games. And then at the fourth quarter of both games, they're garbage time the whole time. The road team, the losing team, just threw in the towel in the four, whole fourth quarter. It was the same game in two different nights. And I was just sitting there, I was like, what the fetch is going on? Yeah, it's the script. <laughs> so if we see in game three tonight that LeBron stomps on Moses Moody's head, like, just, just wait. That's true, yeah. It's the same game. Speaking of Moses Moody, he had a nice little dribble step back on LeBron, too. It's true. So... So we'll see uh, if the script really is real like we think it is. That means the Warriors will win. Uh, it'll be a close game, like you said, but they'll win. They'll get the dub. So we'll see what happens. I hope so. They need to win both of these at, at L.A. because I want to see game five. <laughs> Dana does have tickets to game five. So if we're MIA for a little bit, it's because he's in California and he's just, going to. Just for one day. Yeah. Going Wednesday, come back Thursday. So. Going to a little heckling of LeBron. Yeah, I want, I want LeBron to hear me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, those are the series. Lot, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of stuff going forward. Um, you know, I think, you know, our predictions, we think, I mean, obviously, I think the Warriors will make it, Nuggets will make it, Celtics, and then, I honestly, I think the Heat. I think that's going to be your your – you know, finals for yeah. the prospective conferences. That'd be, that'd be a good set of finals. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll see how it breaks down later. Uh, we want to get into our bets. Corey was able to sneak yeah. one off last Which, night. We got to say that Nick's heat game from a betting perspective was oh, yeah. so much fun. It was. Because it was came down to the wire. The Knicks were six-point favorites or something like that. The Heat were six-point favorites. And it, it ended up with a wash. And so we tied there. But it was just so much fun to watch. Um, it was a crazy game. It came down to like free throws at the end, and they missed one to make it six. And I was losing my mind. So betting can be fun unless yeah. you lose your money. Yeah, I can understand how fun it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I did come out the dub, and so I do get a pick between the Knicks and the Heat. Obviously, Heat are home. Uh, they are four and a half point favorites. I like I said, I would assume that Jimmy Butler is going to play. I'll look it up real quick to see if I can find anything. Um, I don't think they posted anything yet. But I'm going to go with the Heat. Four and a half is not that much. Um, I believe that Jimmy Butler would get them to win. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think so, too, with Jimmy. And, you know, this is no doubter. Warriors at Lakers. I don't know how the Lakers are favored at three and a half. Maybe it's because the Warriors are on the road. 
Vegas knows something I don't, but I'm not going to bet against my team. I'm taking the Warriors. Classic. <laughs> well, I guess I'm rooting for the Lakers tonight as much as I don't want to. But uh, we'll see what happens. Should be two really good games, pivotal games. Game three in both series. Uh, history has shown that game three is really important. So we'll see what happens there. Um, sadly, uh, the Heat's hero is out. Udonis Haslam is out. So I, may have, I should have picked the Knicks there. But That's true. I'm just kidding. Uh, Jimmy Butler's questionable still. Okay, okay. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah. Should be a great night tonight, Saturday prime time. And then you have the Sunday games as well. Yes, sir. Should be a good weekend. Hopefully we'll get back to you on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But that's going to do it. Have a great weekend. Peace.